I don't limit myself with potential. I know that every day I could be doing more. So I don't, I think it's going to be infinite where I don't stop. I'm not afraid to talk to anybody. I always used to have this like, this saying that like I could brush shoulders with millionaires and sleep the halls away with the janitors the next second later, right? So like, I'm very versatile and I feel like that's been my, my biggest tool in my own business. I shut off all music, I shut off all the phones and I talk to myself. I talk to my, I have a conversation with myself out loud. Out loud? Out loud, yeah. So it looks like I'm on the phone. It looks like I'm talking on the phone, but I'm, I'm actually talking to myself. Hello, and welcome to the Agent Podcast with your host, that's me, Raymond Sholseth. Let's dive in. Hey, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Agent Podcast. I'm here with my buddy, Joe. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you're here, man. So, Joe, you've been a real estate agent for about a year. Why real estate? So, real estate for me is something that uh, I've always wanted to get into. I grew up living in Long Island. I was there. Everyone was like, oh, Joe, you have the gift of gab. You really should go into sales. And I was afraid of not having that paycheck every week. And um, so fast forward to, I, I met my wife, I'm married. We're selling our first house. And I wanted a career change. And my wife and I were both cleaning the kitchen. And she was like, how about real estate? And I was like, I've thought about real estate forever. And I've just been afraid to do it. So while selling my house, I was also in classes taking... Uh, my classes for the state and then getting doing my test while doing a buy sell transaction. So, so some freedom, career, career change, some freedom, some growth. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love it. I wish I, I actually wish I did it sooner because uh, it's been a fun ride for me. I'm first year in, I've, I think I'm going to end this year with 18 transactions, 4.7 in volume. So for a price point with around average is 250, not a bad first year. That's a great first year, man. Congrats. That's huge. What brokerage <laughs> you. did you hang your hat with? So I was I was with a small boutique brokerage at first. I was on a team. Okay. Uh, my wife was a big advocate for me going independent. And so I said, if I, after I get to a certain amount of deals, I was going to go independent. And, uh, so now my, um, my hat is at EXP. Seems to be a common theme around a lot of conversations I'm having these days, man. I love it. Yes. Yeah. I, I was introduced to it by a fellow from Long Island and so glad I took that leap. So you're a real estate agent by day, but you also have a, a little nighttime job. You want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah. So I still drive a truck, a tractor trailer at night. I work for uh, Trader Joe's. So I deliver groceries to them and it's a part-time job. I actually use it to pick up a lot of my clients coming from uh, working a blue collar background my entire life. I'm able to relate with blue collar people. So I'm actually working with four or five buyers right now that I picked up from my, my part-time job. So can we dissect that a little bit? A lot of real estate agents struggle to find their niche or who they should serve or maybe what area they should farm. You touched on something big, like you knew who your people are and that's who you're targeting. So tell me about these conversations and how this goes when you're, you know, uh, lead generating while on the road, meeting these people. What does this look like for you? So when I come in, I work with uh, over 200 something truck drivers. Um, 
So when I come into work, if there's someone that I haven't seen before, a new person I haven't introduced myself to, I'm usually standing around waiting and conversations like, hey, I'm Joseph Scavaletti. Just wanted to let you know that I do real estate full-time during the day if there's anything that you need. And then it leads to a whole nother question because I found that a lot of my coworkers don't know the process or don't understand the process of buying a house. So what I try to do is I, I try to come from a point of education. Like, hey, if you were to go buy a house or if you were to go get a pre-approved, two things could happen. Either one, boom, you're pre-approved. We're going to buy that house and we go from there. Two, they tell you how to fix your credit, which is great. And then eventually get pre-approved. And then I'll, I'll do a, a, almost like a buyer's consultation when I'm introduced, a mini buyer's consultation when I'm introducing myself to new people at work. So I... I I explained to them because um, I found out when I was getting approved for my mortgage, when you get paid by the mile, it's hard for a mortgage pre-approval. So now I'm able to communicate if I have Mary Smith as my coworker coming in to get a pre-approval with one of my lenders. Now I'm able to explain and articulate how our case structure works to help them with the pre-approval process. What are you showing these people? Are you showing them anything? Have you created something to show them? Is it just a conversation? I'm not showing them anything. It's just a conversation. If we get into something where they're interested, then I'll talk about previous sales and previous things that I've done, but I'm just trying to educate. I love that, man. I think that's smart to be an educator first. Yeah. And then if the business comes afterwards, which it will, then great. But I want, I want a lot of my coworkers, I, I just feel like they weren't, they don't understand the entire process. So I try to walk them through it. I, during my real estate transactions, I have had things that weren't explained to me when I was buying and selling. So I make sure that with any client I have, like I, I, all the mistakes that we have made, my wife and I have made, I try to put it out there on the table so that like, you can never say, Hey, you never told me about that. Right. Like for an example, I didn't know that when I sold my house, um, that we had to possibly do repairs. So we sold at the height of when COVID was starting, right? No one explained to me that we had to possibly do repairs. We had the money set aside, but like we had to kind of drain our account to, in order to do the repairs to keep the, the deal moving forward. So I try to be very upfront and straightforward with everybody. For these 18 transactions that you've done year to date, your first 12 months in real estate, can you tell me about some of those? Will you share some of the things that have really worked for you and also some of the challenges that you've overcome to push those forward? Yeah, so I think um, mirror and matching is super important when you're meeting new clients. I had a client, we were at an open house and she was like very adamant about not needing anything. She was like, what do I need you for? So I noticed that that was a pain point and I was like, well, why not? And she goes on to tell me that she, in her mind, she believes that the listing agent would advocate for her. So I explained to her how in a real estate transaction, the listing agent has responsibilities to the seller first. And then if you, then you, I was like, so it's kind of like having Bill Belichuk coach the Giants while playing the Patriots, although he could do it, it's not the best interest. And so she was like, oh, all right. And she's like, I wrote seven offers and didn't get them accepted. And I was like, all right, so give me a shot. And so we ended up going two for two. Um, the first offer we wrote, we got accepted. She ended up backing out before the transaction even went through, like an hour after I got accepted. And then the next one, she's now in her dream home. It, it was a simple conversation. It was mirror and match, but I don't talk to her as if I were, as, as everybody else. I talked to somebody different who like 
needs to come from like an education standpoint, then I'll educate. If it needs to be like, you want me to push you, then I'll push you. If it wants to, you just want to sit back and you kind of want to feel like you're the decision maker, then I let you feel like you're the decision maker. I feel like that's been important for everything that I've done. Like, Where do you get your people skills from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've been a manager for a various logistics company. I've worked corrections for a little while. I've always been able to communicate and articulate well. Like even corrections was like, like when I was aiming the academy, they were like, hey, uh, you have to look at this as a sales job. And I was like, how? And they're like, well, you're selling, you're selling an idea to somebody that doesn't want to buy it. I, ever since they said that, I, I always think about that. Yeah, I don't know very many truck drivers that have the communication skills that you do, right? Like the, those have become very handy for your real estate career. Yeah, so... Um, I don't know. I always try to talk to people how I want to be spoken to. I've always been, I always describe myself as like a double extrovert. Uh, I'm, I'm extremely out there, extremely social. I've done, I didn't, I haven't driven a truck forever. I've done management side or operation side or logistics. And then I've always had my class A CDL. Or currently the job that I have, I only work four hours a night. So, and it's better financially for me to drive. We were talking before, before we jumped right into this, about you're an avid listener, right? Not a reader, but an, a listener, and especially with the amount of time that you have on the road to do that. What type of stuff are you listening to and how is it helping you get better? Like, that's how I look at it, right? Like, I just want to be better. Like, I'm in a hurry to get to that next version of myself and to improve my mindset and to serve better. Tell me about that, how that works for you. So one of my favorite books is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the story, David Goggins is a uh, Navy SEAL. He went through Hell Week three times. And um, his book, he is a big advocate for that. He's not writing it to be a hero. He's just writing it to kind of point out the trials and tribulations that he went through and how he has this rule, this 40% rule is that like when you think that you're done, you're not. Um, and that's one of the things that I, I try to embody. When you think that you've reached your max, you haven't. I love that. How has that impacted your real estate business? I don't limit myself with potential. I know that every day I could be doing more. So I don't, I think it's going to be infinite where I don't stop. Do you have goals that you've set for your business? Yeah. So my first year, my goals was to do 4 million in volume. I did, uh, I did four. I'm going to end with like 4.5, 4.7. And I had 22 sides that I wanted and I'm going to end with 18. So I counted it. I counted as that I met my goals. I met the volume goal, which was the most important. So what did so, the next 12 to 24 months look like from that? Uh, I want to do 2 million more each year. So next year is going to be more volume focused than it is going to be transactions. I worked with a lot of first-time home buyers, which I, I love. It's my favorite thing to do. But I want to keep branching into a higher market. What tools are you using in your business that are working for you? Me. <laughs> I'm not afraid. I'm, yeah, dive, dive into that. I'd love to know what yeah, so like what's behind that. I'm not afraid to talk to anybody. I always used to have this, like, this saying that like I could brush shoulders with millionaires and sleep the hallway with the janitors the next second later, right? So like, 
I'm very versatile and I feel like that's been my, my biggest tool in my own business tools for like lead gen. And I, I'm, I'm currently not doing lead gen. I'm, I'm literally just talking to everyone that everyone that I meet every chance I get, I'm, I'm somewhere throwing it out there that, Hey, I do real estate on license in Connecticut and Massachusetts. Let me know if you have any questions, if you need anything. And I'm not just looking to sell them. If I could give them a service, um, for example, somebody who does homeowners insurance, I try to be that tool, that resource as opposed to be that real estate agent. So you're the resourceful real estate agent. Yes. I like that. What does your day look like? How do you have your day structured for success? Um, if you're reading books like Don't Hurt Me by David Goggins and other books that you mentioned, Jocko Willink, you're, you're somewhat disciplined or at least working towards discipline. What does your day look like and how do you have it structured? So wake up at 7.15. The boys, I uh, have an eight-year-old and a two-year-old. We get them ready for school. They're out the door by 7.45 drop both of them off. One goes to school in Connecticut. The other one goes to school in Massachusetts. So that's about an hour. Um, come home. At that point, it's take care of my daily tasks. If I have emails to follow up with, clients to follow up with. Um, in between then, if I can, if it's a nice day out, if I have not a lot going on, I try to walk five miles a day. And just to get my mind right. Love it. And then, so that we bring it back to like lunchtime. Um, it's fun to mention that I also fast. So I don't, I do 20 hours of fasting, four hours off, four hours off of eating. So usually around 12, one o'clock is when my fast is ending. So I'll make, I'll make lunch at that point. And then from 12 to three is when I'm doing real estate stuff. So that's showings, prospecting, talking to other agents for like pending deals you name it, that it goes on between 12 and three. And after that, I pick up my kids. I have, we tried to schedule family time between 4.30 and 6 p.m. Doesn't always work because sometimes, you know, you don't have, you have a buyer that can't get out of work. So got to do a showing. I then go to my other job from 6.30 to midnight or one o'clock in the morning, depends on the day. And then I wake up and do it all over again. That's a very consistent routine. And it works for you. It's clearly working for you. You're getting your seven hours of sleep, spending some family time building your real estate business. How did you get there, right? Because it doesn't always just turn on and work. I'm sure you had to go through some challenges or overcome some obstacles, emotional, physical, mental, or other in order to get there. Is that true? Or did it just work for you? Did you just figure it out and turn it on and boom? I've always... Uh... I've always had jobs where I, I had to work 14 to 16 hours a day. So I, I, what I had to do is I had to adjust my map and I had to fit my schedule into my goals. So I, I'm, I'm fortunate where, because most truck drivers work 14 hours a day, I'm fortunate to where I was able to secure something where it was four hours a day and I was able to go into real estate full time. And then so I kind of worked backwards. I had a 10 hour schedule for truck driving I had I I took a pay cut to work four hours a day, and so when I when I got that schedule, then it was like okay, well now I need to pick up the boys at this time because that's most important. I, my wife my wife works full time, and I'm kind of more flexible. And then so in between, that's when I filled my time 
with what I need to get done. So my real estate business is important, but I also feel that my mental and physical health is important too. So I I definitely make a point to walk those a walk during the day. Uh, that's like me time. Because I, I feel I feel like that's important. And uh, when I started out a year ago, I didn't I didn't have me time. I realized probably in March, like I was burning the candle at both ends. I had a goal, a silly goal that I wanted to write a million dollars of business in one month. Now my price point, that's six, seven deals. And the average is 250 around here. I did it in one weekend. I had a $1.4 million weekend. And so I had seven pending of that seven. One was a buy sell. So I've realized then I set this goal, I got it. And then I was in the trenches and I was like, oh man, I really don't, I really did not want this because I couldn't manage my time. So it was probably around March or April where I took a step back, looked at my schedule. We put my youngest son in daycare three days a week to make sure that like I could take this business and grow it to the way I wanted to grow it. What do you do with your me time? I know you walk, but what do you do? Mentally, I, um, so you figure five miles, if I'm walking, it's about an hour and a half for the first half hour, 40 minutes. I'm usually on the phone with personal phone calls, not business, like my cousin, my mom, whatever. After that, I'll go into 20 minutes. I'll go into like a, um, a mindset video on YouTube. I'll listen to that about how like, I don't know, the rock yelling at you, telling you how great you are stuff like that. And what I've started doing recently, which is kind of funny, is I, I leave both my headphones in. I shut off all music. I shut off all the phones. And I talk to myself. I talk to my... I have a conversation with myself out loud. Out loud? Out loud. Yeah. So it looks like I'm on the phone. It looks like I'm talking on the phone, but I'm, I'm actually talking to myself. Do you ever record it using voice memo so you can play it back later? No, I, I, I feel like <laughs> I'm not ready uh, to hear myself and my thoughts that actually come out. But I did it the other day and I was, I, was, I was like, what are you so mad about today? And then I answered myself, right? And it, it, it sounds silly, but it's something that really helped me because I was like, we all have our rough days. I mean, there's nobody that wakes up. It's like, oh yeah, today's going to be a great day. And I was just like irritated about something. And I just started talking to myself out loud. And uh, I was able to talk my frustrations away and, you know, Put myself back in perspective. Most people would have a very hard time with that, right? Like not thinking it's ridiculous or silly or even taking the time to do it. How do you relax into that so that you can let yourself express what you need to and get that shit out there, man? How do you do that? It's a process. Um, my wife was a big uh, advocate for that process. I... Real estate brought out things in me that I tried to bury for a long time. I think with especially real estate, you you deal with the rejection, you deal with the angry client. Like it is a roller coaster of emotions, and then so um, it brought out things that I tried to like not talk about, and then um, realizing that like, hey, I wasn't going on the right path. I just realized like I wanted to get back to like when I started real estate. No, last year I was excited as it was. And my way to do that is punish was punishing myself, right? So walking five miles a day, I'm I'm no small spring chicken, right? So that's like um that's discipline. When I don't want to do it, uh, I walk around a park when I feel like I'm getting tired or I want to quit, I walk away from my car. Because I know that if I go near my car, it's so easy to just give up. So I walk the other way. 
And I just, it's just continuing to tell myself that like, I can do this and I will do this and I will get it done. I will achieve it. As opposed to that negative talk that I feel like a lot of us have, we just don't know how to put a voice to it. So what would you recommend to somebody struggling with negative talk? Who's having a hard time getting their mind right? Who's having a hard time focusing forward? Who's focused on what is instead of what can be or what will be? I am... I am no expert with this, but one of the things that I could tell you has helped me is that your expectations for people, when you have an expectation, like, um, and this is just an example, because I don't expect this out of my wife, but if you have an expectation of your wife to clean the kitchen every day when you get home, and then you get home and you're angry about that expectation, well, your expectations weren't communicated and they probably weren't realistic. But, you know, if you have a wife with two kids home, two small kids, right? So you're actually mad about the outcome that never happened. So what I tried to do is I just tried to really adjust um, my expectations that I put on myself and that I put on other people, realizing that I can't, I can't control other people. I can control what I can control. And that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. What do you do when you don't know what to do? If you feel lost or empty or you're in a bad situation or a deal fell through when you don't know what to do what do you do when you don't know what to do if the weather is nice i'm on my motorcycle that's um that's like my go-to i go to escape but if not and i, I gotta tell myself that if because I've had I've had deals fall apart and I you know I, I've taken it personally and it's like well I did everything I could do I didn't the, the person lost their job right like I didn't go <laughs> I didn't go make them lose their job and I feel bad but it, that was like six months ago where like that would like man that would like cripple me now it's just like all right well like I just I know that I did everything I could do I know that what every other party did whatever they could do and let it fall as it may and then I pick up and. I keep on moving. I'm, I, I can't focus on the deals that didn't happen. I have to focus on the deals that are going to happen. Because if you, if you continue living in the past and you continue, like, oh man, this deal at 123 Main Street fell through and it didn't happen. Well, you're losing, essentially, you're losing business and money sitting on the table for what could happen. So it's like a five-minute pity party. And then you move on. I try to. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I mean, yeah, like, it doesn't always work. No, it doesn't always work. Um, but thank, I think I've only had one deal fall apart. Yeah, knock on wood. All right. Dude, this has been awesome. I love the deep dive. Thanks for uh, going down the men, mental and emotional path with me. I appreciate that. Oh, no worries. What are you doing to communicate with clients, your sphere of influence, maintaining relationships? What does that look like for you? Relationships for me are, are, are personal. Um, so I have, thank God I, I'm kind of blessed with the fact where I, I can be personal and I can blend with people. So when it comes to past clients, current clients, fear of influence, anyone that I know, I'm usually calling them and like, I can have 20 conversations and all of them are different. Right. So, um, I really try to pay attention to indications that my client tell me stuff that they say or like little things, um, whose birthday is coming up, this is coming up, or what holiday is important to them. Or I have clients who are veterans, right? So Veterans Day was a big outreach for me. Um, and I know that they're proud of their service. So like 
Well, I'll call and talk about that. I really, I, I know some people, some real estate professionals uh, could don't agree in like being friends with your clients, but I really try to be the friend that's there if they need, um, not just their real estate agent, right? Like if you're helping helping anyone purchase essentially the biggest purchase of their life and they're they're choosing you to help them with, like it's not that hard to call and say hi and how's it going or hey like you bought a fixer upper how did it go or um you know i have a client who's single and was hoping that his house would get him a new relationship it hasn't um last time i followed up with him but i just remember things about clients that maybe they don't even realize that they say out loud i just try and place that in my in my head and um i try to pick 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 that out and make it personal yeah i think i think i think that that's important I think making stuff personal and, and, and personalizing it in a good way and then confidence, I, I think, are super key. What has been the confidence builder for you in this business? However you want to answer that. I came in with confidence when I was watching other agents and how they acted and produced and essentially knowing that like I could I could do it better not to knock any other agent just knowing that like I can communicate better than you so coming into this business not to sound cocky right because I there's I need to learn every day but I came in knowing that like I have this New York drive about me that that separates me from from a lot of other people right born and raised in Long Island there was no such thing as like slacking you know you you just it wasn't an option straight hustle Straight hustle. Yeah. The, the New York hustle is a very interesting thing. And, and so I think that when I started, that came right into what I did. I, I mean, I was one month in out of uh, graduating our training for the team that I was on. And um, I had got something under contract that was like uh, 370, which was like a high price point. And I just, I, I just took it and kept going. And I, I had this goal of having free pending every month so that when one would close, I needed to get another one done. And and I kept that goal up until probably August. I, I kept that going. Oh, I just brought I I really like I, I brought me in, into the confidence. Like I, I I don't know if I'm answering that question correctly, but but I, I like, know that I I know that I could I know that I could do this. I've been pushed to do this for years. I was afraid to do this. I was afraid to not get a paycheck. And now that I did it, I'm like, what was I afraid of? What was I? What was I scared of? This is this has been a great ride. It's going to continue to be a, an awesome roller coaster, and I have nothing. I have nothing to be afraid of. I mean, one takeaway that I've had from our short conversation is you are unapologetically you, and I love that because I think so many people are not, and authenticity is way underrated, especially as a sales tool. Yes. All right. So. I want to be conscious of your time, of course. What are some things you'd like to pay forward to other newer agents that haven't had the success you've had in the first 12 months? There's some things that come to mind that you'd like to share other than all the amazing nuggets we've talked about. <laughs> I truly think that when you're on the phone, when you're prospecting, when you're when you're hitting the dialer and you get someone that like asks you a question that maybe you don't know the answer to, I truly feel that pretend that you know what you're talking about 
And it's okay to admit that you don't know the answer, but you know where to look to find it. I've heard a lot of um, my friends on the phone and they like, they stutter and trip over their words. I put myself in the shoes of if I'm that seller on the phone, how would I want to be spoken to? And so if I, if I'm asked a question like, Oh, what's your commission? Right. Cause that's like a quick thing. Like I'll answer that. Like, Hey, that's something we could talk about when we meet, like, you know, but I've heard my friends like, Oh, uh, uh, uh. Well, I think when you, I think when you do that, you kind of like lost, you lost whatever engagement you had from whoever was on the phone. That would be my first thing. I think get a mentor that, that understands not only the real estate business, but understands you because not everyone's going to be outgoing and super forward and able to talk and mirror and match. They could be the quiet, they could be the quiet type and be like the underdog producer but get a mentor who's able to understand how to coach you and teach you and make you a better agent, not mold to what we think the standard should be. I really like your point about getting a mentor that understands you too. I think that's a big point. A lot of times people are mismatched and that's not always the most productive for a newer, newer agent or any, anybody for that matter. I don't care where you're at in life, but that's important. I, I, I truly think it's important, right? Because if you have somebody, I'm not going to match well with somebody who's quiet. I'm not, like my personality is not going to, it's not going to go well but as a coach. You're going to be like, you're too loud. Like my wife is a complete introvert. She's like, you're too loud. Like you need to, you need to quiet down. <laughs> um, Pipe down, so you, Joe. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised she's not banging on the ceiling from upstairs telling me that I'm talking too loud. (laughs) (laughs) What does she think of your real estate journey this last year? It's been a big transition for you guys. She believed in me before I believed in me. Is she your biggest fan? She's yeah, she's my biggest, she's my biggest advocate. She's she knew that I could do it before, you know, before I knew I could do it. She was the one who it was like a eureka moment. Like when we were in that kitchen and we were looking at each other because I'm not happy with being in logistics and being in trucking. And um, it's a great, I've earned a lot of money. My family eats and and all that good stuff, but it's just, I'm not challenged. And so when we, I was like, you know, I've always wanted to do real estate. I just never really talked about it because I've always wanted to do a lot of things. And she was like, that's it. Like it was like, if she had a plate in her hand, it would have dropped broke. And that's how the movie would have took place. And that, and that's how we started. So she, she's been my biggest, my biggest fan, my biggest advocate to do this. That's awesome. Man. And that's beautiful. And be able to make people's dreams come true and find them that house. And um, I refer to her as my assistant. You know, if I'm on the road, I'm like, Hey, um, this house just popped on and I don't have my computer. Like, She's like, oh, this won't work for such and such a person. Um, so yeah, she's she's my biggest fan, and my kids too. I bring them with me, um, not to every not to every showing, but if it's an established relationship, I've dressed my son up. We've mirrored and matched. We've gone both gray sweaters and black dress pants. He's two and a half <laughs> years old, and um, I brought him to closings with me. And you know, I want. I grew up in I grew up in a truck. My dad, I, I, and I enjoyed that. My dad begged me never to get into driving trucks. Um, I didn't listen. And so if I could teach my kids to grow up in, in sales, if they like it 
and they want to get into it, then that's something that they experienced when they were younger too. I'm raised in an Italian Long Island family where like you don't talk about emotions like most men don't and and real estate really like mentally breaking for me. Um, Especially one of them was uh, a, a friend of mine. And it was the worst deal of the seven because the buyers weren't getting. And it was just like every morning she was calling me at eight o'clock in the morning, crying and everything else. Like, like it was just, so I want it. I wanted to talk about it. And I want to, I want, because like, again, my wife was the one who pushed me to, to get like, to go to therapy and figure out all this about myself. And I wanted to make sure that it was brought up because I'm, I know I'm not the only one that's struggling with the emotions of real estate. Dude, it's an emotional business. Like legitimately, yeah. it's a very, very emotional business. You know, there's there's only two things that make up a transaction, man. People and partners. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's what puts the whole deal together or blows the whole fucking deal apart. Yep. Yep. And so I I want agents to be like, hey, you know what? Like, I'm struggling with, you know, because you have a bad deal and then it it goes south and then you start thinking, you're like, hey, you know what? Like maybe this is not for me. Maybe I'm not doing the right thing for my client. These are all the negative thoughts that, can go, that went around. And um, not that I like, I needed to hear it, but I guess I needed to hear it. I saw my friend at a wedding, the one I did the buy sell for. And uh, he was drinking a little bit and he came up to me, he gave me a hug. And he's like, I just want to let you know that like, although our transaction was super difficult, not nothing on my, on your end. I am so happy in my house. And it's only because you got us there. And um, that same friend, I went to his housewarming party this past weekend. And it was really cool. I mean, I've known them for years. You know, good friends. At my weddings, the type of friends. And um, to go in and see their house and see the changes that they did. And them introduced me as the friend who found them the house and stuff like that. It was, it was rewarding. But um, some people in this business might not get that reward. Where they have a bad transaction and they might not get that thank you. Because you're only remembered about what happens at the closing table, right? Like <laughs> the whole transaction could be great, but if the closing table something goes wrong, you remember for your last your last deed, not the entire thing. Yeah, so much truth to that statement, man. Joe, where can people find you, man? What's the best way to get a hold of you if somebody is uh, blending careers or a new agent or mixing it up? Um, you could get me at eight six zero two six five ninety seven ninety. Call, text. I'm on social media, Joseph Scivoletti. Also, Joseph Scivoletti Realtor would be my handle for my Facebook business page and Instagram. And I'm on TikTok, but I don't know what my username is off the top of my head. That's okay. We'll drop it in the show notes, everybody. <laughs> Joe, thanks for sharing with me, man. This has been fun. Any, uh, yes, thank you for having you'd me. like to send everybody off with? If you're thinking, if you're listening to this podcast that you stumbled across and you're, and you're thinking about going into real estate because it's something that you've been teeter on, teetering on in your mind. And if you're anything like me and like, oh, can I do it? I'm, I'm scared about the paycheck. I Just do it. I mean, it, reach out to me. I have no problem sharing my experiences, my life experiences. I'm actually a pretty open book. Most people don't talk about mental health. I have no problem talking to you about that. Reach out to me. Give me a call. Shoot me a text. I'd love to, I'd love to talk to you about it because this this industry is life changing for me. Joe, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me. Hey guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here, and we'll see you on the next one.